The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's an iconic moment in film. The camera captures the mountains, beautiful cold streams running down, and As the camera moves forward, it gets closer and closer to a green hillside where there on the hillside is Maria, turning in circles before she bursts out in song. Sing it with me. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Ah, yeah, you know it. You've all seen it countless times. Maria was having a mountaintop experience, a mountaintop moment. Those are those moments in life where there is profound clarity. All right, you see the past, you see the future, and at the moment that you're in, sheer joy that wells up and sometimes, if you're inclined to it, will often bring out this song of praise from your lips. Another Mary, long ago, had one of those moments when she was on a hillside in Judea, and there, after being greeted by her cousin Elizabeth, that acknowledgement that she was the mother of our Lord Mary burst into song. It was a common, enough, a common enough experience in Luke's gospel. You read those early chapters and it seems like somebody's always bursting into song, but Mary was the first. Her heart was full. Her spirit rejoiced in God, her Savior. In her song, we see a personal expression of praise, what God has done for her. Her Savior God has looked upon her with favor, with grace. Lowly though her circumstances would be considered by the world standards, God had declared her to be one through whom God would work 
this wonderful story of salvation. The Mighty One had done great things for her, such that from that moment on, all generations would call her blessed. As Elizabeth exclaimed just moments before Mary's song, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. In her moment on that mountain, (laughs) that mountaintop experience, as it were, Mary, Mary saw with clarity that her story, lowly as she was, had been caught up into the great story of who God is and what God was doing in this world and what God had been doing and what God would be doing. This huge story is nothing less than the story of salvation, the redemption of all creation, and God had come to her, a lowly peasant girl, and had called her to be a part of this story. How could her heart not rejoice, her spirit magnify the Lord? God in his mercy had chosen Mary to be the woman who would bear the incarnate word, the Son of God, her Savior, Jesus. For her part, this handmaiden of the Lord in passive humility and through faith said the word, yes. She said, let it be with me according to to your word. Thus, Mary has been declared to be blessed by every generation since because she is the Theotokos, the God-bearer, the mother of God. That's who Jesus is. So it is that Mary's song, which began with this personal testimony of what God had done for her in, in calling her to be a part of this huge story of salvation. Her song soon expands to encompass the whole trajectory of what God was doing in the world. What he had done, what he is doing in her life, and what he will do. Her song in this way follows a familiar pattern in Hebrew poetry. Read the Psalms, you'll discover time and time again, the psalmist will start with some personal experience. Not always, as in the case of Mary, an experience of joy, of praise. Sometimes it's a song of lament, a sorrowful song. Sometimes it's a song that sounds angry because of the injustice that the person has been going through. And they will express this in very personal terms, but then it turns to what God is doing. This bigger story. For God's story is so much bigger than just the little part that we see, significant though it is to us. And so it is that Mary, in her joy talks about this personal thing that she's experienced, but soon she can't 
her story doesn't encompass the whole thing. It's just a part of a big thing that God is doing. And that's why she moves from this song, this personal experience with God, to a song of how God is planning to save all of creation. God had chosen Mary to be a part of what he was doing for not just her, not just for Israel, but for the whole world. And what does Mary say that God was doing? Well, what God is always doing. God shows strength with his arm, delivering his people. He lifts up the lowly and brings down those who made them low and kept them low. God satisfies the hunger of those who hunger for bread and those who hunger for righteousness. God helps his people, not because they deserve it or have earned it in any way, but because God is merciful. God remembers and keeps his promises. Mary in starting with this song of praise, this personal song of what God has done for her, soon expands to talk about all of this, who God is for all people. And these things that Mary lists, they are who God is. Read the scriptures and you will see that God is faithful to his people Israel We see this in the ministry of Jesus as he ministers to those whom the world discounts. We see it in his incarnation through the virgin. We see it through his death on the cross, through his resurrection, through his ascension to the right hand of glory that you and I now have a place for us in heaven. We see it in the work of the Holy Spirit come upon the church at Pentecost and working to bring healing of body, mind, and spirit. Not just in the Bible, but all the way through to our present age. This is who God is. It's what God does from generation to generation. Church, do you believe this? Do you believe it, church? Because there is a difference between believing it and saying it in a general sense, coming here and confessing the creed. And then there is saying, it is true for me. And I've seen it at work in my life. Mary's song contains both pieces. The grand, great story of what God is doing for the whole world. But God chose to work that story in the life of this young girl from Nazareth. And her heart could not do other than to praise God. So it is that she rejoices in God, my Savior. Not just God, the Savior. God, my Savior. For she recognizes that the one whom she bears in her womb will be her Savior too. And the day would come when she would stand at the foot of the cross and witness her son, her savior, die for her and die for the sake of this whole world. 
God came to Mary. And that is what prompted her song. And God has come to you too. Just as God called Mary in a unique and particular way, God has come to you personally. He came to you through the waters of baptism where God called you by name and claimed you as God's own son, God's own daughter through Christ. There, the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross was applied personally to you. Jesus died for all people on the cross. At baptism, you receive that delivered directly to you, a personal delivery of this word of salvation. In baptism, that work that Christ did on the cross, showing strength with his arm by defeating the devil was applied to you so that you are now free. It's not just that God frees people from the things that enslave them. God has freed you from the things that enslave you. He has claimed you as his beloved child so that you now have his name that you can call upon in your time of trouble. Whatever personal thing that might be, God has given you his name that you might call upon him in this personal relationship. God has brought you now into this bigger story of what God is doing. This work of salvation this redemption of all of creation. Again, you heard it this morning in the words of absolution. When you heard that Jesus died for you, yes, he died for all, but he died for you. And that your sin, your particular sin, is forgiven. All of it. Every last bit of it. For the sake of Jesus' blood shed on the cross. As Isaiah said, He has clothed you with the garments of salvation. He has covered you with the robe of righteousness. He has clothed you in Christ. So that when God looks at you, He does not see your sin. But He sees His sinless one, Jesus, who died for you. God comes to you this morning through his holy supper. And he feeds you. He places into your hands the bread, his very body, for you. That you may take and eat and see that the Lord is good. That you may receive again that forgiveness of your sin. And be strengthened for this work that he has called you to do. To live by faith in your particular circumstances this week. Whatever it is that you face, you now know that God goes with you. And that where he is, you are safe. You can rest in him. Truly, he has filled the hungry with good things. Blessed is Mary, mother of our Lord. and Blessed is the fruit of her womb, Jesus, your Savior. And by God's grace, I can say to you this morning, you are blessed 
blessed to be a part of this big story of what God has done, is doing, will do. You are a part of it. You are blessed to be a part of it. In the name of Jesus, amen.